Alright, if you have your Bibles, uh, let's turn to the book of Judges chapter 14. Judges chapter 14 today. And I believe God would want to stir our hearts this morning. God would want to remind us of a few things today uh, through His Word. And I believe God would want to remind us not only that the Christian life is all about His wonderful uh, blessings, but also the fact that we ought to be uh, people of war. And so Judges chapter 14, verses 6 through to 9 is where we'll be reading. So yeah, Judges chapter 14, verses 6 through to 9. And it says this, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one who would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or his mother what he did. And uh, I want to read further on. It says in verse 7, Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samuel, Samson well. After some time, when he returned to Gedda, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. He took some of it in his hands and went along eating. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave them some to eat. And they also ate, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Let's pray. God, I pray, let your word, God, bring revelation to our minds, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Father God, let it be as so as your word says, Lord God. Did not our hearts burn within us when you shared the word? I pray, burn within us a passion, burn within us a zeal this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, Hands Full of Honey today. Hands Full of Honey. And if you're taking note, number one is our first point, and that is sweats. The Christian life is filled with sweats and sweets. Sweats. I want to direct our attention, our focus on this particular scene in our text for just a moment. The text tells us the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and Samson defeats this lion. It tells us that he tears this lion apart and then he goes and he, he returns on his way and he sees this dead lion dead in the streets. And he sees a swarm of bees in this particular line and he goes and he grabs the honeycomb. He grabs the honey and uh, gives us this wonderful insight. As we begin to stop at this particular junction, this gives us a revelation that in this story gives us a glimpse into our Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus, the mighty King of Kings, the mighty Lord of Lords, Jesus, the conqueror of death and hell, Jesus, the one who destroyed the lion that roared upon us, Jesus won the victory on the cross when he said it is finished. And so now Jesus stands in the midst of his church with his hands full of sweetness, just as David describes in Psalm 16 verse 11, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and get this at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And just like Samson giving some honey to his parents, it's the same way Christ gives his children when he says, these are my brother, these are my sisters, and that is my mother. But before we get into the sweets of Christianity, the joys of Christianity, let's talk about the sweats. Let's consider the sweats. The believer's life has its sweats. I'm talking about its conflicts. Come on. I'm talking about trials and tribulations. I'm talking about adversity. I'm talking about persecution. 
I'm talking about hardship. I want to remind every Christian today, your faith involves hardship. And I want to tell you, to become a Christian is to enlist as a soldier. Every soldier has an enemy. Come on, somebody. Every soldier has the adversary. And listen, we got to be reminded that we're in a battle. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 4 says it like this. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Where are the soldiers of Jesus today? I mean, where are the men, where are the women of God that begin to say, man, who would recognize I'm in a battle? We're the men of God that would rise up and begin to put on some spiritual antennas and say, man, I'm, I'm up against a, a, a real battle today. And it says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. I mean, I'm talking about men and women who would rise up and say, yes, come on, we're in an army. We're together. We're rising just like we're saying. There's an army rising up to break every chain. And I want to say that every Christian life, listen, there is a road that you're traveling. It's a rough road. It's a difficult road. Jesus said it himself in Matthew chapter 7. He said, narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way. Sometimes, listen, brother, sister, you're going to face some steep hills. You're going to be facing some dark valleys in your life. And Jesus spoke about this. He said, it, he said it in a parable, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25 says, And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. I come to tell somebody here today, I love Jesus because Jesus didn't water down his message. Jesus didn't sugarcoat his message. He didn't say, oh, look, if the winds should come or whenever the wind and the waves come. Now he said it like it is, man. And I come here with a message because I'm here to be the preacher of the gospel. I didn't come down to water his message. I didn't come down to say, oh, look, listen, you guys might go through. No, no, you will go through some things. <laughs> Jesus says we will face persecutions. Let us never as believers and as Christians water down this message that, listen, we're going to be facing some difficult times. It's not just come to Jesus, man. He'll make you trouble-free life. Come on, we get to sing some songs. We get to, now listen, you're going to be facing some real opposition. You got to face some real things in your life. I love it how Peter says it in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Listen to this. He says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. I mean, that's like a, that's like, that's like a cut in the heart, these words are saying to us. He's saying, hey, don't think it's strange. Don't think it's strange that this fiery trial is to try you as some sort of this strange thing that's happened to you. Come on, you're a soldier of Jesus Christ. Come on, you're a believer of God's word. Listen, you're going to be in an attack. And I want to say this, don't be surprised whenever the enemy shoots at you. Come on, it's like, what's going on? What, what was that for? No, you're in a battlefield, brother, sister. <laughs> I'm telling you, you expect some opposition because I'm telling you, the enemy is going to come to you and he's going to come at you full force. You're in a battle. You got to put on the whole armor of God. You got to put on the armor today. 
Listen to this. No cross, no crown, no sweat, no sweet, no conflict, no conquest. And so here we find Samson in our story, a servant in whom God intended to smite and to uh, defeat the Philistine camp. He goes and he goes to find a wife, but he found himself in the presence of a great adversary, the lion. What a picture of our enemy, the devil, 1 Peter 5 verse 8, which tells us, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The enemy wants to come after your soul. The enemy wants to destroy your destiny. And I want to say today, wake up. It's time to kill the lion. Wake up. It's time to put on the armor of God. Wake up. It's time to say, you know what? I need to pray. Wake up and get in the word of God. Wake up, put on the whole armor. I love how the Bible commentaries, they say about this double-edged sword. It says the backstroke of the sword is as powerful as its front stroke. So it doesn't matter wherever it is in your life. When you begin to pull force against the enemy with the word of God, I'm telling you, that power comes through the word of God. And many times we love to be on the defensive end. It's like, oh yes, and I'm telling you, defensive is good. Championships are won by defensive uh, uh, playmakers, I'm telling you that will work. But listen, there's got to be a time in your life when you must not play the defensive. You got to play at an offensive end. That means, you know what? Hey, come on. This enemy that's trying to defeat you in your addiction, in your sin, it's time to step up. It's time to suit up and it's time to show up. It's time to get militant in your faith and say, listen, I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be moved by the things of this world. Yet, devil, you might want to roar like a lion, but greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I come to preach to you today that we have a king. We have a savior that has defeated the lion. We got a God on our side. The early combat with the lion, with Samson was intended by God to let Samson know his strength. When under the influence of the Spirit, it was to train him for his strength. It was to train him for his future combats with the Israel army. That Samson was to smite the Philistines, but until he could defeat the army with a single blow, he must first begin by tearing a lion with his bare hands. Soldiers are made by war. You can't train veterans or create victors except by battles. Believers must be trained for victory over evil by combat, by battle. And I want to encourage every new believer here today, face your lion now. You got to defeat that lion today. You got to kill that lion today. Lamentations 3 verse 27 said, it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. I mean, in your early years of Christianity, when it's like, man, I just got saved, and all of a sudden, I'm getting attacked. All of a sudden, I'm getting hit. Listen, you got to bear that yoke now. you got to kill that lion now. It's important that you learn early that you're in a fight, that you're in a battle, that you got to learn to bear it now because it will help you in the long run of your Christian faith. If you're making note, it's a dangerous thing to live a life that's free from trouble. It's a dangerous thing. I mean, you think about Solomon, the greatest and wisest, but I must add one of the most foolish men to ever live. 
He sat upon his gold throne. And yet, at the end of his life, his heart went astray. I mean, Solomon, in his early days, he had no trouble. There was no war that he wanted to wage against. There was no enemies that he wanted to kill. He was just loving life, loving the palace life, just loving the sweet joys of the palace. He was lulled, so to speak, into a dreamy sleep of his life. But I, I was reading his life. I'm thinking, man, imagine if he had been like his father, David, called from his early days into trial, into conflict. You know what? This young man, this David, he would have taught him to stand fast. That even through the pinnacle of glory where Solomon was, where the providence of God had brought him, he would have withstand it. So I want to say, you know what, young man, young woman, you got to be, you got to learn early that there's going to be some suffering. In some form or other, when you step aside and you seek God in, in meditation or in, through prayer in the quiets of this vineyard, listen, a young lion will roar upon you. Even in the earliest days of Jesus' public service, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Life is filled with sweats, trials, conflicts, battles, and lions. And secondly, which I want to talk today, life is filled with sweets. The believer's life has its sweets. In our text, it tells us Solomon found honey in the lion that he had killed. You know what? In the Christian life, in the Christian faith, we're not just always killing lions. Sometimes we're eating the honey. Sometimes we're enjoying the spoils of victory. The believer's life has its sweats and sweets. Fighting lions involves blood, sweat, and tears. God's word says, be strong, be of good courage. And it also says, rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. And here's the revelation that I want to give to you this morning. If you're making note, listen to this. Our joys are often found in the former places of our conflicts. I say that again. Our joys are often found in the former places of our conflicts. What do you mean? We gather our honey out of the lions which have been slain for us, by us. I mean, you think about this. This is the first lion which is our sin. This horrible lion called sin, but it is a dead lion. For grace, uh, listen to this, for grace has much more abounded over abounding sin Romans chapter 5 verse 20 moreover the law entered that the offense might abound but where sin abounded grace abounded much more verse 21 so that as sin reigned in death even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord I'm telling you that sin that you're facing has no power I'm telling you, there's nothing but the grace of God that is able to let you through and move you through from a life of addiction, a life of sin. Because that lion, that's, that sin, listen, is a dead lion. Jesus Christ defeated that thing. Jesus Christ defeated him. And listen today, I'm telling you, what sweetness for us as believers in the grace of God. That through the redemption of Jesus Christ, that we can enjoy such joy and such 
peace just like we sang the world can't give it and the world can't take it away I don't know about you but I've experienced the wonderful sweetness of Jesus Christ I've experienced the wonderful honey that Jesus Christ has given through deliverance. I've experienced the wonderful sweetness that Jesus Christ gives by just simply being in a church. He is a good God. He is a gracious God. The next deadline is a conquered desire. Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out, the honey poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us I mean I came to remind you today listen you got to step back and be reminded of this honey that Jesus Christ gives so many times we could get so caught up that we're just on one end we're just all about fight 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 kill 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 but yet we don't enjoy we don't sit in his presence we're not thankful at all I mean when was the last time you sat down and just not uh, you know read out your list to God and you sat down and said you know God I'm so thankful Thankful for the sweet joys of forgiveness. Thank you for the sweet joys of my church family. Thank you for the sweet joys to be grateful. When you are able to feel in your own soul that you have overcome a strong temptation. I mean, you've felt that you've overcame a fierce line and it was that so much terrible. It is the, the louder listen very carefully, is your song. The louder is your praise because you realize, man, that line has been dead. There's some people here this morning, you know what I'm talking about. You used to be an alcoholic. There's people here this morning, you used to be a drug addict. There's people here today, you know what it's like to be lonely. You know what it's like to be depressed. There's people here today, you know what it's like to feel broken. But thank God that through Jesus Christ, that through Him, our desires can be crucified on the cross. That Jesus Christ can give us a piece of that sweet honeycomb that which we're able to now feast upon. And so that leads us to our third point, which is taste and see. Taste and see. Psalms 34 verse 8 says it, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. In our text, Samson gave some to his parents. In our text, Samson's like, man, I've got some victory. I've killed a lion, but he also brought something sweet for them to feast on. And I want to tell you today, listen, as soon as we have tasted this honey of forgiven sin, and realize the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ. There's nothing else to do but want to share the goodness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you see us on the streets shouting this forgiveness, that's because we've tasted and we've seen that the Lord is good. If you've seen us in the workplace and we're not getting carried away with all the jokes and the funniness because we've tasted and we've seen that the Lord is good. If you find us not in the 
club, shaking our hips, but you find us in the church. Why? Because we've tasted and we've seen that the Lord is good. Can we give God a clap offering today? Can we give God praise this morning that he is a good God? And I want to say, you got to share that honey with someone else. The moment a man, the moment a woman is converted, share what God has given you. Share what God has given to you. If we've tasted any joy in Christ, if we've known any consolation of the Spirit of God, if faith has been so real to us, if we've seen the power at work within us, we've known the peace, we've known this true rest that Jesus gives, let us communicate this blessed discovery to others. Let's give it to the world. Let's share it with others because listen to this if you don't you will miss the very objective for which God has called you to do to go into all the world and preach the gospel make disciples a teacher was speaking to a group of young boys and he said boys here's a watch and he said what is it for and the boys answered and said to tell the time well, he said, suppose my watch does not tell the time. What is it good for? The boy said, good for nothing, sir. Then he took out a pencil. What is this pencil for? It is to write with it, sir. Well, suppose this pencil won't make a mark. What is it good for? Good for nothing, sir. Then he took out his pocket knife. Boys, what is this for? And this boy shouted to cut something. But he said, suppose it will not cut. What is this knife good for? Good for nothing, sir. I read that story, I'm like, man, what an illustration for our lives. That our lives are to glorify God. But suppose a man does not glorify God, what is it good for? Good for nothing. What were you converted for? What were you forgiven for? What were you renewed for? What were you saved for? What have you been preserved on this earth for for such a time as this? I mean, this Christmas, we are to tell the glad tidings, just like the shepherds. The good news of salvation and our lives should reflect the glory of God. So I want to say, go out with your hands full of honey, of this divine love, and hold it out to others as well. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed.